Hello and welcome back to the second episode of the Pretend We Know Sport podcast with Matty Wyman and myself, Aaron Sidhu. Firstly, we just want to apologise for the lateness of the second episode. This is the second episode now, but we did record one last week it, due to uh, technical difficulties, I think, Matty. It didn't quite come through, but how are you? I'm all right. I'm good. I'm better now that there's, well, Touchwood, no technical difficulties cracking off. But, yeah, Touchwood, um, hopefully. We're back with the best podcast in the UK. So I'm sure you've missed us. But I hope so, because we've got a lot to talk about today. So um, much. A lot. A lot of Premier League content, I'd say, but still, it's going to be an enjoyable one. A lot's been going on. Sh- it's been crazy. Do you want to get straight into it? Obviously. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's go. Uh, starting off with the craziest result. And I want to talk about Manchester United 9, Southampton 0. And... I don't even know where to start, so I'd let you tell me what you oh, thought. You, you'll hand it over to me, will you? So, I think it's, a, it's again, you feel so, kind of sorry for Southampton and Ralph Hasenhall, but at the same time, you can't lose 9-0 twice in a, like two seasons in a row. That's just horrendous. No matter what the circumstances, you don't lose 9-0. Um, but they did. And... Yeah, it was unlucky because they've got the injuries and stuff and like Walcott wasn't playing, etc. And um, that uh, Jankovic, that tackle that got him sent off within the first two minutes was just a freak incident that you don't expect someone making their debut to make. It was a horrible tackle. Um, and then after that, they just got put on the back, back foot. And fair play to United because playing with... When you've got 10 men, you often just sit behind the ball and you wait and wait and wait in the hope that you can defend it out and the team struggles to break you down and you can maybe nick a goal or nick a draw or whatever. But fair play to Man United because they just absolutely tore them apart. They were patient. They, the right passes at the right time and they were they were just ruthless. And it's, yeah, what, it was, it's what they need to be. It was brilliant. Good from United. It, it was a ruthless performance from Manchester United. But I just want to go back to the to the red card. I feel sorry for the uh, for the lad that did it. It was um it was a horror tackle on McTominay, wasn't it? It was. It, I was like, it was it was I, sort well, of Roy Keane level. It, yeah, I switched the game on pretty late, so I had to I had to see it back, and I was just I was so shocked when I saw it, and then I saw that the mark on McTominay's leg did not look good at all, but. The fact that they've conceded nine goals in back-to-back seasons, it's, it says a lot. Like they, they came through that and everyone was talking about how how well they've done to come through it. And now it's like, I feel like they've been reset back to that nightmare that happened in Leicester. It does feel that way, doesn't it? And I think I, I was saying the other day, before when they lost the 9-0 to Leicester, they were in an awful run of form. And we we were all thinking that they could get relegated because um, they just looked awful. And then that game happened and something switched and they suddenly started playing well. And obviously they went to Leicester and won 2-1 uh, later on in the season, which was a big achievement after what had happened and showed real character. And that was kind of the catalyst that caused positive change. Now I'm slightly worried for Southampton that this will be the catalyst that causes negative change because they've been playing really well. And- so Matty, how, how do you recover from a 9-0 loss like that? Back-to-back seasons? I, I honestly, I don't know because it never happens. You never see results like that. And then to see two in two seasons from the same team, it, it, it's it's unbelievable, really. 
Um, they recovered the first time and the character they showed to recover was unbelievable. Um, can they recover again? I think they will. They have to. It's as simple as that. They have to because Hassan Hootle, they'd be out of the job if they don't because Hassan Hootle can't lose 9-0 twice but then a second time do it and then go on an awful run of form. It just can't happen because the 9 nils are bad enough. Um, I do think they will recover. I think they've got good, good leaders in that team. I think Ward-Prowse is a fine example for the majority of the players. Um, so just the next game is so important. They win the next game and they'll be fine and it will like it never happened. Um, it's just whether they can win that next game because their confidence will be about as low as it can get now, especially because it's the second time it's happened. Yeah, I think even um, Danny Ings was struggling towards the end. I, I feel sorry for Southampton in a way. The last the last game before the United game against Villa, they didn't get the look of the, the rub of the green and they, they scored a perfectly good goal in the last minute. I mean, as a Villa fan, I wasn't complaining one bit, but VAR really needs to take a look at itself because the decisions recently have been... Uh, putting me in, like, the game's ruined. The game is getting ruined every week, and each each week it's something new. But I, I like uh, the decision for the red card in the in the United game, as we just spoke about. I couldn't believe it's that. Just, it's, it's Martial's dive. It's, 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 it's ridiculous how they've given a red card for that. After looking at it several times in the VAR room, and then the referee goes over to look at it, and then he decides that it's a red card and a penalty... And the it's, red card, that to me, was Mike Dean all over. And I, I've seen people say it. And whilst I think Mike Dean is an all right ref and he's nothing more than that, I think he's a sort of attention-seeking ref more than anything. But he loves to give a red card. And in that situation, it's just game management. They're 7-0 down or 6 or 7-0 down or whatever it was at the time. There is I think one, six, one, six nil down. Then. One, it's not even ascending off. It's not ascending off. It's as simple as that. It's not right? ascending off, no way. But even if it was, they're six nil down. There's not long to go. It was, was it even a foul? No. You just, you, you use your common sense. Because it, it just added salt, um, insult to injury, really, and added salt to the wounds. And I just, it just seemed to me typical Mike Dean, you know, he's, he's strutting over after he's been looking at the VAR monitor. He, he loves to do his little his little sign with his little fingers square. to say it's overturned, you know, and they're coming over, pointing to the locker room as if Bednarek doesn't know where to go. I just, I thought it was a farce, to be honest with you. Yeah, it was ridiculous. So it was it was poor management all round from, from the officials of VAR and the referee. I mean, Mike Dean loves to grab the headlines and he's, he's grabbed them again, but for the wrong reasons, I'd say again, because he's not been the most consistent referee this season. I think no. he's given out the most red cards. So that says it a lot. And look, it, I mean, thank God that the FA overturned it um, because it, it was just ridiculous. But on this similar sort of note, the David Luiz one against Wolves was one, never a foul in a million years and never a sending off. But the Bednarek one gets overturned, but the David Luiz one is is kept the same, and I think that goes to show sort of the the egotistical side of of, of the refereeing in this country and the FA because I think that that red card in the Wolves game changed the game, didn't it? 
and oh, 100 percent. Arsenal, like, Arsenal, completely in control for dominated. forty minutes, and then and then they get a, and a then decision you, like that, which was just awful. And then to send him off was ridiculous. And then I think John Terry said double jeopardy. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's like it's but, but laughable that but a decision like that's been given a red card. But the rule is obviously the double jeopardy rule is if if you try make a make an effort to make the ball and you you, you give away the penalty it's a yellow card even if it's a goal scoring opportunity. But the way they explained it was because he didn't go for the ball and made and had no intention of tackling the player. That's what got him sent off. And I mean, the, the thing is though he jumps out of the way to to, to he steps back to not foul. The player, David Luiz, just, just doesn't want to touch him, but he does. He has to, he clips him in the end. It's a yellow card at best. The same with the Bednarug one. It's a foul. It, it, it might be a penalty. I think Martial dives in that one. That's different. But this one is 100% not a red card. I'm not complaining because we have Arsenal on Saturday. So it's good for me. But, yeah, but the rule is, if, if it happened to me, I'd be absolutely fuming. Yeah, it's it. there's a real inconsistency there. And that's probably the best showing of it this season. And I think the reason why they didn't overturn the David Luiz one is because they realised that actually um, that changed the game and it, it, it mattered no end. Like that that changed the game completely. And if they'd admitted they'd made a mistake and the ref made a mistake, then they're admitting that they cost Arsenal the game and their egos won't let them do that. So that's why that didn't get rescinded. And the the, the Bednarek one did. So it's just pure inconsistency. I mean, the one that was a clear red card, I think Leno coming off his line and handballing it. What I don't was know he what doing? he was thinking when his side was down to 10 men. I just, God knows. He, he thought he was Superman. And it was, it was one of those moments where he must have just had a brain fart and he just panicked and stuck his arm out and thought he'd get away with it. But... It was ridiculous. And you could tell he knew what he'd done. I, I just couldn't, couldn't quite believe it. And actually, Matt Ryan, obviously, they've signed. He's injured, so he's not going to play. So they're going to have to have that. Is he not playing? Yeah, he's injured. I, I don't think he's back until mid-Feb. And so they're going to have to play that Runnison, the, 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 the relatively young Swedish The one that coach. played against City. Yeah, yeah, in the cup and the one that DT got all upset over and all Arsenal fan TV and stuff. So that's going to be interesting. Also, so we've got a pretty decent chance then on Saturday. I mean, I was, I thought Matt Ryan was going to play. I wasn't sure. But so I, I'm, if I'm, speak... I'm pretty sure he's injured. Um, whether he might be back or not, just in time. But I tell you what, if he's not, Arsenal fans will be, they'll be worried because that Runnison hasn't shown signs of being a great goalkeeper in all honesty. No, I mean, I, I saw the mistake he made against Man City in the Carabao Cup and I almost laughed. I felt sorry for him, but I know he's young. I think he's about 19, isn't he? But he, I think he's older, you know. I think, he, I think he's not actually that young because he's played for the Swedish, Swedish national team before. But he looks like three He looks three years old. Yeah, he, he looks like, He looks very he young, look if like I assume. At all. Um, so, I mean, if... If Grealish and Watkins, etc., can get some shots off, I'll tell you what, you could be in for some goals if he is playing. I'll take that all day long. But speaking about Brighton, do you want to move on to the Brighton-Liverpool game? Shock result Absolutely. at Anfield again? Is, football is a crazy game. Liverpool goes 60-odd games, unbeaten in the Premier League at Anfield. The, one of the best records in Premier League history. 
and they go and lose to Burnley 1-0. And then the very next game, they lose to Brighton 1-0. I mean, no one saw it coming. In, after the beating Spurs and beating West Ham really well, you think, right, Liverpool are back, you know, they're back in the title race, they're, they're, they're back to their best. And they put in a performance like that against Brighton. And Brighton could have scored three or four. It, it could have, it could have easily have been. It was more, it was closer to being two 0 Brighton than one one Liverpool. Exactly. I mean, it was that kind of game. And I, Dan, Dan Byrne could have scored. Um, uh, Trossard had a great chance. It was a good save by, by Kelleher. But I mean, I mean, the goal they scored was a weird one though. It was it was, a, it wasn't. I it mean, was. Who he, even? He didn't know it? much about it. He, he didn't know uh, Alzate. So I think it's a, a city in uh, in Italy. It, it, did it go? Did it go to Alzati in the end? Because I know it, it, there was there was loads of debate about whether it was Alzati or Trossard that got the goal. Uh, no, I think it was given to Alzati in the end. Um, I think that's a little a little town or a little village in Italy somewhere. So <laughs> that's that's a random fact. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think someone put that on one of the group chats I saw. So it was, it was quite funny. It made me laugh. But I mean, it was just a it was a lackluster performance from Liverpool, and it's not the first time this season. No, so a, it was very, it was very poor. Back to back defeat to Anfield after keeping sixty eight straight. It's unbelievable, but it's a pattern for Liverpool this season. A pattern that Liverpool fans won't want to sort of talk about or hear because, I mean, it was just her- horrendous, and it they it's happening week in week out when they play the teams that aren't as good as them, um, and it's a real worry for Klopp and Liverpool because. They didn't even really look like scoring. And I think that was the issue um, in either games against Burnley or Brighton. So he's got a lot to work, a lot of work to do there. And if I was a Liverpool fan, I'd be I'd be slightly concerned, actually. I mean, every single I think they've picked up seven points out of a possible 21 from the bottom six of the Premier League. And that just highlights the problems in Liverpool at the minute. And I know they've had injuries, but they've not won a home game. Since Christmas, we're in February now. That that that, that is ridiculous. That is that is so poor. And as much as we gave them credit for how good they were for the last two years, they've been poor this season. They've had bits and 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 parts where they've been they've been really good, and you think they're back to their best. But as as a general rule of thumb, they've just been pouring seven points from twenty one is just pathetic. I mean, I think it's I think it's more arrogance from Jurgen Klopp. I mean, he, he he didn't sign anyone in the summer. Um, well, he signed Thiago, but he doesn't seem I mean, to have been the best signing, what, does he? I think he's been the most, um, what were they called? Uh, something passes. Like, it was it was a funny thing I heard. Like, just he's pointless not actually, passes. Pointless passes. That's what we'll call them, because he's not, he's not provided a goal or an assist. He, he controls their tempo, but he doesn't, he doesn't seem to do anything. I've seen I, Liverpool a few times now. I love Thiago as a footballer. I, I was saying to to one of our uni mates not that long ago that he's in my top three footballers to watch when they're, they're playing in terms of midfielders, when they're playing at their best. And he is world-class. But I'm just not convinced he fits that Liverpool system. He slows the game down for them. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about plays. with the tempo. He, 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 he slows he, it down. He slows it down and he tries to dictate the play. But the problem is... Liverpool don't need that slowing down to play. That, that, their intensity and tempo and speed is what's made them so good for the, so the long. Pro- the problem is that 
the exactly the intensity, but they've taken that intent. The spine of their team has been taken out. I know they've had injuries, but the, the spine of their team has been taken out. They're relying on Henderson playing in centre back, and Fabinho. He's played well in centre half. He's he's been probably the, their best player, but you can't rely on a midfielder who who is their leader. Who he does the press. He tells them to do the press. He he's literally the spine of the team. And from that last season where they've won the Premier League, you can see how the intensity's changed. Mm. And that, that yeah. just that sums it all up. I think I think they're tired as well. Like what they have done for the season when they came second with 97 points and won the Champions League, and then last year obviously winning the Premier League. They were unreal. 97 points and 99 points in two consecutive seasons is bonkers. And with, just, with, with such, a, such a small squad as well. Because they do. I mean, you saw the bench that w- was against Brighton. They don't... Yeah, well, um, Minamino's gone. He's gone on loan to Southampton. Their, their squad is thin. And it just shows how unbelievable they've done to do what, do, do what they've done and win what they've won. I um, mean, if you want to talk about the bench, he, he, had a, he had the new centre-half on the bench. I think it was Davies. Yeah, Ben Davies. Yeah, I think he was on the bench and you decide to leave him out of the bench. Leave him on the bench, sorry. You leave a centre-half on the bench, you play centre-mid in centre-half when you're when you're chasing for... I want to say they were chasing for the title at that they point. Were, they, they, they were. They were after they were the, the West Ham game, they were chasing for the title again. But even, I think, Robertson's come out and said we're not in a title race anymore. But if you, if you look at it now, I know a lot of clubs have had injuries, but Everton, two games in hand, are just four points off Liverpool. I mean, could you imagine if Everton finished above Liverpool? That would be this year? really, really I, funny. But that that would be hilarious. But it 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 would it'd be brilliant for the Premier League because it's. I tell you what, it's it's not been boring, but it kind of has been the last few years. You know, Liverpool always finishing above Everton, City always finishing above United. Like that, that's, Liverpool that's always been. finishing above United. Spurs have always been finishing above Arsenal in the last four years. Like. It's just been sort of a same similar. You had to get that one in. <laughs> yeah, I know, but only because we're playing awful this season. Um, but um, this year, there's just no pattern to it at all. And I think Liverpool's last three games have shown that with the Spurs win, where they were brilliant, the, the West Ham win, where they weren't unreal, but they really ground out a result to then lose to Brighton like they did. It's it's an interesting season. I think there's plenty more twist, twist and turns to come with that shadow. I agree. I mean, I think if you offered Liverpool fans a top four finish, I think they'd happily take it. If they you look at the form, but they, you look at the form, how consistent, how inconsistent they've been, and you're not, you're never quite sure what Liverpool side's coming out. Like we were just speaking about, and the fact that Allison went out last minute on uh, against Brighton, and Mane getting uh, injured, I think. When they dropped, he dropped Salah and Firmino against Burnley. It's it's so inconsistent from Klopp as well. So I I'd completely, completely be like, if I was a Liverpool fan, I'd take top four happily. You'd have to, this, you, because have to. to me, there's I'd say there's seven, eight, maybe even nine teams that could still challenge for top four this year, and maybe sneak in. And Liverpool are not guaranteed to get top four this year. Not anymore. And they, they they need it because if they start drifting back into Europa League and stuff, that that is not what Liverpool needs as a club. And I appreciate they've won a lot these last few years, but they can't start drifting again because you, you saw how long it took them to get back to where they were. 
uh, from that team sort of that won it in in 1990, I think it was. Um, so yeah, it's crucial to get top four um, and maybe just a Champions League run. Try and win that again because yeah, fan- if they, if they get a trophy this season, it'll be a big win. But I I can't see them see them getting the Champions League. They have to play. I don't know if you heard about that actually. They have to play Leipzig, but not in Germany. Not allowed access in Germany. Oh, because of coronavirus. I've read stuff about it actually. Yeah, yeah. I think Leipzig now get to choose the ground, so it's going to be, it's going to be a neutral ground. But Leipzig get to choose where they want to play it. It's a weird one, but it, it does. So they're trying. They, they are trying to give Leipzig that sort of advantage. Advantage, but it, but it's not really going to make a difference. No. I mean, the, the sort of home and away thing is kind of struck off now anyway because of no fans. I think this season shows it more than ever. Spurs went to United and won 6-1. That that just wouldn't happen if fans were there. Um, no, no. I mean, Villa 7, Liverpool 2, I think that would still happen. So let's not take anything yeah, away from that one. That's because <laughs> the best team in the world, aren't you? So, you know, oh, you, you speaking about the best team in the world. Inevitable. Speaking about the best team in the world... Uh, Unfortunately, it was not a good night at Villa Park the other day. Aston Villa won, West Ham United three. Jaylings. Um, yeah, a poor performance from. I'd say I want to say a tired Villa side, fatigued. We've, I know we've played a lot of games in the last last week or so, but I don't see it as an excuse because West Ham have played just the, just the same amount. Um, I'm, I'm just disappointed with the performance, really. I know, but we've had a good season. So I'm not going to slate Villa too much. I just, I just, I'm happy for Lingard. I know he scored against us, but the, the from what he's, gone what he's through. gone through and what I he's ev- gone through. Everyone's happy for them, aren't they? And I think that's nice to see because, look, he's not had it easy um, with all the family stuff he's had going on, and then not playing for Man United, and when he did play, not playing well at all. Um, I just think it's it, it, everyone's happy for Lingard because. He seems just like a normal guy who's gone through a lot and he's starting to come out the other side with this move to West Ham. And I mean, I wasn't happy when he when he made Villa Park his dance floor, but yeah, but you know, I wasn't happy. Embrace it. Villa Park should be Villa Park should be privileged to have been a dance floor to Jay Ling's. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think I think it was it was a great. I West Ham look unbelievable at the minute. This uh, Thomas Sushek, he. He's, he's the Czech looks He looks amazing, and I didn't want to say it. I don't want Jack Hobbs. I know he's listening. The West Ham fan. I, he, he, they, they're doing really well this season. I think it's going to be a push for the um, for Europe European spot between hopefully Villa, West Ham, Everton. It, it'll be. It's going to be a really good season. I know we're over halfway through, but West Ham are doing things. You um, you know how much I have a sort of a dislike for West Ham um, for obvious reasons. Yeah. And it hurts me to say, but I can't think of a better holding midfield pair in the Premier League than Rice and Suchek right now. I, I would have argued that fact if we'd have, have drawn and would have said Louise and McGinn. But <laughs> you can't they, even do they, that. they completely outworked the midfield this game and I 100% agree with you. And, Declan and I think, Rice and Thomas Suchek. It's the perfect perfect balance. Uh, I, I know Thomas Suchek loves his potato salad. So if you kind of look at it in terms of, you know, it's the right amount of mayonnaise, you know, the, the <laughs> perfectly cooked potatoes. It, it's just it's, right it's, it's, 
I don't know what I'm going on about, but it's just it, it's a wonderful it's a wonderful midfield, and I think I think Suchek you're, has eight. You're right eight at the shop in this stand. You are. <laughs> <laughs> Suchek has got eight Premier League goals this year, and um, every other sort of good holding midfielder in the Premier League, if you add them all together, they've got six. So I just think that goes to show that's crazy how much of a freak he is. He's brilliant. He seems like such a nice guy yeah. as well. So it's, it's the physical presence. It's the physical presence. Yeah. I just want to touch on their um the right wing back Kufal. And he did he did really well to um to marshal Grealish out of the game. He he didn't let Grealish touch the ball in key areas for us. And then that led to, to Grealish having to move out to the right hand side. And that's where he got the assist. That's that's where he brought us back into the game. I know we threw it away minutes later, but we got back into the game. Grealish went to the right and he put a beautiful ball for Ollie Watkins, who is a man on a mission at the moment. He's getting goals every game. As as a Villa fan, I'd, I'd like to see that because last season we didn't score enough goals and that's why we were in such a bad position. And now Watkins banging in the goals. I think he's eight this season, 11 in all competitions for Villa. And it's been a long time since the strikers even got to double figures for us. I think the last time was a uh, big, jo- uh, big Ben Teke. That's going to say ago, Peru, that as well. That is a long time ago. Yeah, uh, it's, it's it's been a while for us. Uh, it's good to see him banging the oars. He, he, he his work rate is phenomenal. He just doesn't stop running, which I, I love. He, he works for the team. I really admire Watkins. Just obviously his story and how he got to Villa in the end from just coming up through the leagues, etc. But his movement is that of a a top top quality striker. He's look his finishing. He could be more ruthless, and I think oh, you admit that he he knows that himself. He's exactly. he said it in press conference, uh, press conferences, post match, and he was like, "I could have had a hat trick, or I could have scored a second. Which is critical to himself, but he's he works on it. Yeah, he he need he does need to become more ruthless, but he he's a great striker, and the movement he. The reason why he 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 seems to have missed quite a lot of chances is only because he's got himself into the area to I mean, score a yeah. goal over and over and over again. And I, I think just want to point out absolute bargain. Yeah, uh, I mean not a bargain because he did cost thirty odd million. No, but so thirty odd, he, he 30 probably, odd million now. I really that's don't nothing. Think it that is much. nothing. It is nothing now. But I agree. But I want to just point out that this is only second season as a striker. Yeah, he was playing and off the first, left, and his it? first, yeah, he started as a left winger in his first season now in the Premier League. So I would say you got to give him time, but because of the price tag, he had to come in and start scoring goals, and which he did that. against Liverpool. He scored a hat trick, so he 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 has the potential to do it, and I'm I'm glad he's fulfilling it. No, so I, it's, I admire Watkins. He reminds me a bit of Jermaine Defoe, actually. Um, Little, that, little, there you go. He's got a little frame, frame, frame signed shirt, shirt of Jermaine Defoe in the background. Um, but he does. He reminds me of Jafoe. Jafoe. Um, he, yeah, it's a Jermaine, Jermaine and Defoe mixed together. It's like his rap name. Um, but he does <laughs> remind me of that sort of player. Just the movement to get himself in positions time and time and time again. And I, he, he's been a huge part of that Villa team this season. And I know 30, 35 million is quite a lot, but. I don't, in today's market, I really don't think it is. I think it's a really shrewd bit of business. And I did question it at the time. I remember saying to you, like 35 million for a striker. Yeah. It's not proven. I was getting, I was getting um, a lot of messages from my, I want to say Albion, Albion friends. I do remember quite a lot saying, he's a championship player. You're wasting your money. Um, 
But he he's gonna be he's gonna be some signing hopefully. I'll tell you who is a championship player just for all the West Brom fans. Every single player in your team. Uh, (laughs) Well, speaking of West Brom, shall we move on to how shocking they have been? Uh, Sheffield United two, West Bromwich Albion one. On the week, uh, I'm actually sort of lost for words with West Brom. They're rubbish, and I think that's all you can say. And they've they've shown flashes in the pan, like the Wolves game, they were brilliant. But just as a gem, and they they got the draw against Fulham, I know they went down and then started leading and then end up drawing. I just think they're rubbish. And you can see the smile on my face every time I say that. (laughs) I I don't think they have a great, well, they don't have a great manager. They got rid of Bilic for Allardyce just out of desperation. It, It just showed a real sort of. Oh, like we're going to do anything we can just to, to maybe to stay in the league. Um, and Allardyce has got nothing out of this team that Bilic couldn't have got out of them and wasn't getting out of them. Um, but yeah, I know it sounds harsh. And if any West Brom fans listen, they won't be happy. But I'd, I'd, I'd tell you one shining light, Matthias Pereira, Oh yeah, I I agree. He's 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 been a he's been a good a good player. A good. Player, I think he's gonna yeah. be he's gonna be gone in the summer anyway. So he'll probably he'll yeah. stay in the Premier League. It won't be with West Brom because all I can see Baggy's doing is going down. They defensively they have been woeful. Uh, and but they're another team that got points off Liverpool at Anfield. Like, I mean, I mean, it's not difficult if you're a bottom six side to get points at Anfield. True. At the minute. <laughs> but that's, that's the thing is, it how did West Brom go to Anfield, go one nil down, and still draw? They scored. Yeah, had. yeah and it. But it wasn't. It, that wasn't a Sam Allardyce team. I think that was Billich. That, um, that was the last game Billich had in charge before he got sacked. Bizarrely sacked. But Sam has their side. West Brom now. Under Sam Allardyce, nine games in charge. They've conceded 26 goals. Oh, yeah. That Sam says it all. Focuses on the defence. I mean, that's you know? that's championship form. That's that's If you want to go down, that's the, that's the but the route they're heading is championship form. Big time. And and, and just on Sam Allardyce, um, I, I want to leave this conversation about rubbish and Sam Allardyce into the Portuguese Sam Allardyce um, at Tottenham and another team who are rubbish. Portuguese Sam Allardyce. And I like that. Or, or the Portuguese Pulis, you know, either or. Yeah, that sounds better, the Portuguese <laughs> Pulis. Um, but yeah, just want to talk briefly about how dreadful Spurs are and how without Harry Kane, Wickham Wanderers are probably a better team than them. No disrespect to Wickham. Um, yeah. Well, well, last night it finished Spurs nil, Chelsea won. It did. and It was a third Premier League defeat in just eight days for Jose Mourinho. It's the first time Spurs have lost three Premier League games in a row since 2012 under Andre Villas-Boas, um, which says a lot. I mean, I I don't know if you watched the game yesterday in its entirety. It was awful. I mean, yeah. the first yeah. half couldn't... The fact it was only 1-0 was a miracle. But I mean, I was falling asleep. Yeah, in terms, in terms of performance, the first half is... It, it literally could not have been any worse. It was that bad. And then in the second half, they just ran around a bit more. I mean, somehow, <laughs> they, they 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 nearly equalised with Vinicius, who should have scored. Vinicius' yeah. header, it has to go in. If you're a centre-forward, you've, it has you've to. got to be scoring that. It's, in, 
in is some ways, header? I just they they wouldn't have deserved it. And the other thing is, no, well, but that's that, that's with most Jose Mourinho sides' performances, and they, they don't really it's deserve it. But um, but that's the on Chelsea as well. Like Chelsea were first first half an hour, I thought they were very good. I think they just ran more. Yeah, other than that, no, like, it was it was it was a nothing game if you think about it was. Spurs Chelsea, and it felt like it was a nothing game. I mean, the both sides having two shots on target each says it all, and Spurs being the poorer of the sides. So, uh, Chelsea did try. I think they had they had sixteen shots. I think, but Chelsea it was it was more right. Chelsea. It was more Chelsea were in control of the game. They they knew that they only yeah. had to run more than Spurs, and they'd win the game. If the penalty decision. I don't know. I want to say it's controversial, but yeah, it's it's a pen. It's soft, but it's a penalty because see, it's, very, can, it's very soft. I can see what Dyer's trying to do, but it is a pen. And I mean, if he uses his other foot instead of the one he, he used, gets rid he of, would it. Have kicked, he would have kicked the ball away. So I don't know what he's thinking there. I don't think but, anyone knows what Eric Dyer is thinking. I I yeah. love I love Eric Dyer as sort of just a, a leader and just as a guy and. He's not good enough. I, I thought. I thought the centre half. Now he's gone out on loan. Joe, was it Roden? No, Ro- Roden. Roden's Roden's still here. Oh, which one went out? Oh, I thought. I thought he went out on loan for some some um, weird reason. One fourth went out on loan. Um, oh, okay. But why season. didn't he start then? Because he what, played Roden? well against Liverpool. Yeah. He played well, but then he made that awful mistake for the Mane goal. Yeah, he, I mean, he didn't, he didn't clear it. That was terrible. He, he but so did Eric Dyer. Yeah, that's the thing. I, so I, I would have assumed. I would have got hold of Earl Broden. I think Sanchez isn't even in the equation. He is appalling, and you can't trust him. But it's reaching the point now where you can't trust Dyer. It's just big game after big game. He lets you down. There, I mean, there was one point he, he nearly volleyed the ball into his own net, and he had to yeah. make Hugo Lloris head the ball away as it was rocketing towards the top corner. I, it's it's worrying and on the Jose Mourinho front, I don't see how it gets better because we've seen yeah, I mean, pattern at Chelsea. We've seen it at United. Once he, but it, it, it comes three years after it happens. This is the first side he's having to deal with. He's not won a trophy in the first year. Fair enough. He took over halfway through. Well, pretty much halfway through. Um, so it wasn't his squad, it wasn't his players. He's taken over now. I mean, we're in a pandemic. You can't really excuse it. That's he's taking the job on. But he's been he's been there 16 months now. You're going to be in a League Cup final, which most likely you might win if Kane is fit. Yeah, and can I just say on the League Cup final, I look, you can't start na- start knocking a manager because he got you got you to a final because at the end of the day we've not been to a final since 2014 or something. Um, but I think any manager in charge would have got Spurs to that final. In it, it sort of it, the Chelsea game, which was round four, because we got the buy from the Leighton Orient game, they got postponed. We just got by through, which was it, it, realistically that would have been a win anyway. Yeah. Um, and then you had the Chelsea game; they won on penalties. Um, then they played Stoke City away. And then they played. They're not. They're not the mighty Villa up. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, and then they played Brentford at home. So, whilst respect 
he's got them to a final and they could win a trophy in the same vein, it wasn't very difficult. And I don't mean to diminish the achievement, but it wasn't very difficult. It, it, it's been a breeze. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting. And it, Mourinho won't get sacked. And I'm not necessarily saying I'm calling for him to be sacked, but it's but, worrying. I mean, there's, there's no other manager who can come in and take charge. So no. I, I wouldn't... Sacking him wouldn't well, be why. I'd, I'd, I'd do everything if I was Levy, if Mourinho did go to get Nagelsmann from Leipzig. But... Um, no, I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. I think he's got a contract till the end of the year anyway. So Yeah. Um but but it, I just want to touch on without without Kane, Spurs just Kane and Son together. Spurs have zero attacking impetus. I know. Um I, I genuinely think, and there's been rumours coming out of the training ground, how true they are, I don't know, that sort of the extent of the attacking work that's done on the training ground is do all the defensive stuff right, and then lump it to Kane and Son, and they'll score. And then when Kane gets injured, and then when Kane gets injured, what do you do? They and and look, that it's just been proved that I don't necessarily think Kane would have changed everything, but we they wouldn't have been as awful as they had been because they've been dreadful, absolutely yeah. appalling. Um, well, but yeah. Well, on- it, it, just shows how good he is, really. I mean, on the other hand, it's been a great start to life as Chelsea boss for Thomas Tuchel. I mean, we we, we yeah. spoke about it in the in the podcast that didn't actually come out about yeah. how, how it was how it was going to be a good signing for Chelsea in the end. But uh, he started off with seven points out of a possible nine. He hasn't con- yet to concede a goal. And yeah, the fact that with, he's with brought... all due respect, that I don't want to sound salty, but it is salty. Um, they, they've played Wolves at home, Burnley at home, and fair play, they went to Spurs and they didn't concede and they got a win. So, so fair enough. But I don't think it's much of an assessment of Tuchel, more, but more of an assessment. You say you say you say Burnley at home, but then Burnley beat Villa, and then Liverpool. Yeah, but it's there, there, there was a Burnley side in form. If you think about it, yeah, but it's Burnley at home. I, I, yes, they, they they're in form for Burnley. They're they're in for, they won two games in a row. That they they're in form for Burnley. And I can taste the saltiness. Oh, it's I so salty. It. I hate Chelsea, <laughs> but yeah, fair play. Come in, two wins and a draw. Not conceded a goal. Just what you want. I just don't think it's much of a reflection of Tuchel because I think I just I just want to highlight the fact that how how solid defensively they look. I mean, I know, as you're saying, it's only Burnley, but Burnley, a physical side, looks solid. They look solid then. They look solid against Spurs. Didn't look like conceding once. I and do I, them now Thiago Silva. I like, though. yeah, I like the fact that they've brought, he's brought Marco Alonso back in. Oh, Marcus Alonso back in. It, it, oh, Marcus Alonso. <laughs> oh, I don't think you many don't Spurs get much like Spurs fan. I don't think. Uh, many Spurs fans like Marcos Alonso because he always scores against us. Um, but no, I, I like what Tuchel's done so far. I, and fair play to Chelsea. They've done really well. But it's not really a reflection of what a Tuchel team's going to look like at Chelsea other than they pass the ball a lot. Um, because it's yeah. three games and they've not been challenged in those three games. The Wolves offered nothing, Burnley offered nothing, and Spurs offered nothing. I mean, he's come in and I saw, saw the pictures all over social media how 
they were training with size four footballs to improve their technical ability. And I'm, I'm sure he's done that at PSG in Dortmund as well. I think, I think I've, I've read that somewhere. And then he, the um, he didn't win in the Champions League at PSG though, did he? He's he, in in training. He's <laughs> you had to get that in. And in training, just just his tactical his tactical awareness. And in training, he's made the the, the cones the sort of pitch like diagonal, so they can only make diagonal runs. The attackers. I mean, it's, it's around with the cones. Ooh. It's the <laughs> it's the little things. I think I think. Um, I think he, he will turn out to be a good signing and I'm, I'm sure Chelsea might be able to sneak into the top four now. No, they're not at the best start, but they're not far yeah. off. No, they're not far off. And he's a great manager and I'm, I, I think he'll do really well at Chelsea um, for however long he's there. Um, it's just... I feel like they're on sort of the managerial bounce at the minute. They've got a new guy in and he's, cha- he's changed a few bits about... He's changed the size of the balls and... He's moved the cones around a bit, which is probably more than what <laughs> probably more than what Lampard did in a year and a half. Um, but I'll just I'll just be interested come the end of the season and come the end of next season, and then we'll make a proper judgment. But do I yeah. think that he can get Chelsea top four this year, uh, win him a trophy next year, and maybe challenge for the league? Absolutely, I think he can, and I, I think that would be a, a fair statement to make, really. Completely agree. But now, shall we move on to our prediction games? Uh, by my calculations, I am losing 4-2 if we go by the, the scoreline two weeks ago. So you are in the lead on that one. But the games we are <laughs> the games we are going to highlight. By the way, anyone who doesn't know, the loser by the end of the season will send out a tweet or an Instagram story on the other person's account. Yeah, I'm thinking sort of, we're thinking along the lines of, you know, maybe something to do with loving their rival club or, or, or something like that. Just a little bit of fun to make it a bit more competitive. Um, I mean, it'll be, it'll be Aaron doing the forfeit because I'm a genius, <laughs> but, you know, we can discuss it. Well, not after this week, it won't be. I'm pretty sure I'll be in the lead. So oh, I'm going to ask you for your predictions. Um, we're going to start with the, the first game on the weekend, Aston Villa against Arsenal. Um, Arsenal without Leno, without David Luiz. Villa looking to bounce back. So I'm going for Aston Villa 2, Arsenal 1. Now, what are you going for? I'm going to go for Arsenal 7, Aston Villa and El- No. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to go 2-2. Two, two. I think it'll be a really good two, game. Two. Um, I think Watkins will probably get on the score sheet. I reckon maybe Pepe will score again. Um, I just don't think... Def- Either defense defenses are in that great form, um, and with without Leno, obviously Arsenal are going to be more prone to conceding. Emmy Martinez made his first two real mistakes as a Villa keeper. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll brush against, over that. He's allowed to make two <laughs> mistakes a season. <laughs> West Ham. So yeah, I think it'll be a good game. But I'm going to go two two. Um, look forward to it. Actually, I think it'll be a good one. Man United Everton. This was very difficult to even try and predict because it's one of those games where you can see every single outcome. Um, Everton in form. In form. United are coming off the back of a 9-0 win against Southampton that didn't really tell you much other than the fact that they can break down a 10-man side. Fair play. They've got good players. We all knew that anyway. Um, It was was 9-0 by the end of it, wasn't it? Yeah, 9-0. But um, do... Do I think that Everton can go to Old Trafford and win? No. 
So I'm going to go 1 0 Man United. I think it'll be a very tight game. Um, see, see, I think the opposite. I think it's going to be very end to end. I think Calvert Lewin's back on the score sheet. I've gone for Manchester United three, Everton two. Flip that, go for a yeah. Prop, prop I'm, going, I'm going for a big one. I'm going for a big one. I just, I, I think, I think both their defenses at the minute are, are, are quite good to be honest. Um, and I think it'll be a cage again because United Everton's always one of those games that just it, it just always feels like a big game, doesn't it? United Everton. Um, yeah, it, it does with the fans there. I'm not sure how it's going to feel. Yeah, maybe not well. as much with that fans, but to me, it's always been. I, I see Man United Everton. I think, oh, good game. I need to watch it. So, I just think it'll be close, KG. But I think one 0 United, and you know, I'm not going to surprise me if Bruno Fernandez scores a penalty or Harry Maguire scores it. a header or anything like that. I think <laughs> anything can happen. Um, anything, yeah. anything. Anything that Bruno Fernandes does is all good for me. He's in the fantasy, so... Yeah, I, I captained him for the Southampton game. Bagged me 34 points. Oh, he, he got me 17. He was my vice. Oh, you, know, you, need, you need to be as clever as me. But yeah... I I'm, captain I, Grealish. I always captain Grealish. <laughs> naivety. Naivety. But um, but no, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go 1-0 United on that one. Um, obviously, you're going 3-2, so it'll be very interesting to see how that one actually goes. I mean, if United win, we both get points, but it's all good. Let's talk about your best friend, Jose, coming up against your second best friend, Sam Allardyce. <laughs> it's going to be like that. It's going to be like that Spider-Man meme where there's just a Spider-Man point. Spider-Man. They're going to be like, what? Um, no, I love oh, Jose. You can see it I, happening, for, you? for the record, I do love Jose Mourinho. I just oh, he's my he's my favourite manager yeah, of all time. I, I love him. I just do think maybe he's a little bit past it. But... Um, <sighs> Three one Spurs. Spurs to score three. Yeah, because it's came um, back. Possibly, possibly. I think that would be a little bit too soon. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, like, like I said, West Brom are rubbish. Um, so as rubbish as Spurs are, I do think that Spurs will win. But Spurs' defense at the minute is awful. So do I think West Brom will score? Probably. So that's why I've gone with the three one. Again, it's a game where I have no idea what's going to happen because it. Spurs could easily turn up and even without Kane win 5 0 because that's just yeah. how Spurs work. Well, um, that's just how West Brom work, isn't it? Well, yeah. Um, and in the same way, West Brom could turn up and win 1 0. So, but I am going to go 3 1 and be, be optimistic and the hope of getting a win and get back on the right track. Yeah, I've, I've gone for a clean sheet for Spurs and I've gone for a, a 2 0 victory. Yeah. Comfortable. Yeah. West Brom, just nothing club at the minute. It'll be a comfortable 2-0 yeah. victory. I'll tell you what, we have absolutely rinsed West Brom today. <laughs> absolutely rinsed them. I don't have anything against um, West Brom, by the way. Um, I, just, I do, I just, but that's different. I but if, but I, I mean, I next just, week, next week, if so. ne- next week we do a championship one, we'll, we'll do the same to Birmingham City. It's all good. Yeah, no exactly. problems. And Nottingham. I mean, you exactly. could get Nottingham and there, Forest. And Forest. Right. Um, I would say the big one, but it doesn't seem like it's the big one anymore. Liverpool v City. I think City will thump them three 0 Yeah, I don't see Liverpool score. I it's it's crazy to say I can't see Liverpool scoring at no, I can't. At Anfield. I think they've got um, about as much attacking impetus as a blunt pencil at the minute. To be honest. <laughs> um, I've I've gone for a City two 0 victory, comfortable. Um, City will be in control unless unless. Uh, 
Liverpool bringing the bring the press back. They pushed they pushed City up because at the minute City have controlled pretty much every game. They've had possession. They've they've been able to work it slowly and and I, I wouldn't even say grind out victories. Comfortably win in the end. Yeah. Other than other than the the game against Villa, I don't think they've struggled in the in the league no, since. So not. yeah, I think it will be a comfortable two 0 victory for City, and I think that will that will win the league. I think I, yeah, I can't they, see they they beat they beat Liverpool on on Sunday. Then that's the league. Yeah, game. I, I can't but, see I, mean, I can't see them slipping up. So no, I can't see them slipping up. And like the only other team that would be in contention is Man United, and I don't know about you, but I can't see Man United winning the league this year in a million years uh, when City are playing like they are. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't want that to come back and bite you. It, it, <laughs> oh, it's coming back to bite me. I, I can't be bothered. I, I can't have a, a Liverpool win the league and then United win the league the next year. It's just every English person's worst nightmare, isn't it? <laughs> as long as Villa get European football, I'll be happy. <laughs> I think they're good. I think they're good. And, and finally, uh, Sheffield United against Chelsea. Chef United won. Don't say it. <laughs> Don't say it. <laughs> Chelsea won. Oh, uh, one one. I think so. I think Chef United are back playing a bit better. They're scoring a few more goals. Um, Billy Sharp is, you know, the best striker in the Prem and actually shares a birthday with the two other best players in the world in in Ronaldo and Neymar. Um Is that today? I think it is, today? yeah. Is it is today, today actually. That's really um, weird that. Um, but um, yeah, I can see them scoring, and I can see Chelsea dominating the game. Um, I can see like Sheffield United going up early, Chelsea scoring in sort of fiftieth minute, something like that, and then pushing for the rest and not get the winner. So yeah, I'm going to go one-one. More out of hope than probably reality, but I can see it happening. So one-one. And I am going to go for two-one to Chelsea. I think I'm going Sheffield United to score. Um, I'm not sure who will score. I think Bogle's been in the in the score sheets recently. So if you, Bogle, see boy. that smile on your face. Um, yeah, I think Chelsea will get get the better of Sheffield United in the end. It'll be a two-one. It won't be comfortable. It'll be difficult, but Chelsea. I think Chelsea will run away with it. It will. It will just be a very physical game. Sheffield United will put themselves about a bit. They'll be organised, um, like like they were last season and like they have been the last few games. Um, and yeah, I I, I, I I could see it being a pretty good game. Um, but yeah, one one's a bit of a sort of out there prediction, but I can see it happening. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the Premier League predictions. That's what we're going for on the weekend. But now, finally, I just want to briefly mention another huge sporting event taking place in America this this Sunday, NFL. Um, I want to say a huge thanks to James Devane for giving me and providing me with his knowledge on the NFL because I'm not going to lie to you guys, I didn't really know much about this. Um, I knew I knew the game was going ahead, but I didn't know I didn't know much. So he provided me with all his knowledge. I know that Tom Brady's involved, isn't he? Yeah, I've got that. I've got that in my notes. Look at that, guys. <laughs> NFL knowledge right here. Oh, you're a genius. <laughs> um, so Super Bowl LV. So in other words, it's the 55th one. Quite a yep. lot of Super Bowls, that isn't it? Yeah, I know. I was, I wasn't sure, but it's Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Kansas City Chiefs, and it's going to be the first time the event is being hosted by a team who's in the final. So, like, it's being played in Tampa. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. It's going to be the first I, I time that's ever that. happened. 
That's He's very interesting. Yeah. And actually, I, I did a bit of research on this. And there's going to be a lucky 25,000 fans who are going to be inside the stadium. Oh, that's amazing. that Because I, I, I tend to watch the Super Bowl just because of the enormity of the event rather than what I know about American football. Um, so I, I, I do watch it. And without fans, again, like most things, it will just lose so much of its excitement. Um, so for 25,000 fans to be there is brilliant. It's a good job that it's not in this country because there wouldn't be any. So, yeah. Yeah, true. I mean, I'm not Great sure the COVID situation in America at the minute. but I don't think they really care, do they? I think they, they no, care to an extent. But I did, I did read that every fan is going to be provided with masks and hand sanitizer. Which is really good. It's clever That's for me. That's how you do it, Boris Johnson. It's it's clever for Americans, to be fair. Um, yeah, no, it is. It, it is. It's really good. I mean, it's, it's a sixty-five thousand seat stadium uh, with twenty-five lucky fans. Twenty-five thousand lucky fans, I should say. Um, so it should it should be a good game. And as you say, I don't really watch uh, American football at all, mm. if any. But I know that the weekend's performing that uh, in the halftime show. He's got that. Um... The, the weird, face like, thing, fake, yeah. like plastic surgery, and he now very strange. He, he does look a bit scary at the minute, doesn't he? he? Does doesn't he? Proper scary. Um, well, as you said, if if it was England, I don't think we'd be having this event at all. So no, they just give up. And but um, I I I I kind of it. I do know uh, a few. Well, yeah, quite a few NFL teams, just because um, my dad's uh, it was big into it and his dad was living in uh, Denver, Colorado so I used to have like loads of Denver Broncos tops when like um, Peyton Manning was there um, and when they won the Super Bowl I'm going to pretend I know who that is so. <laughs> You don't know who Peyton Manning is? <laughs> I've heard the name briefly I think because I've been doing research on the NFL but he's, a, he's sort of Tom Brady level, he's a quarterback and he's that sort of famous, he's huge ah. Um but yeah, and uh, I used to play the the Mad Madden NFL games loads. But other than that, my knowledge isn't great. But uh, I, I'm I'm going to record it and watch it in the morning. So I'm looking yeah, I think it. I think I'm definitely going to give it a watch. I mean, it sounds good. Look, the Kansas Kansas are looking to win two Super Bowls in a row, so they're going they're going for back to back Super Bowls, which which sounds like they're a good side. And the, the Patriots have, as you mentioned, the only the only person you and I both knew before we. Started talking about this. Tom Brady is going for his seventh, a record seventh championship. And according to my mate James, he's the best quarterback of all time. I'm going by his word. And I, because I know him, I'm assuming it's true. I'm going to make a joke and say Tim Tebow, but you won't understand the joke because he used to be a left arm, left arm quarterback for Denver Broncos. And he was supposed to be the next best thing when he came out of college football, uh, college American football, should I say. Um, before people get on at me um, and he was supposed to be like the next best thing and he he went to Broncos had like one season where he did one or two seasons he did all right then left and then started playing baseball and now he spends his time on Instagram posting religious clips so personally I think he's the best of all time <laughs> <laughs> bloody hell you lost me there now I know um, I want to ramble <laughs> Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill who he describes as a beast version of Manchester United's Dan James. Yeah? What? Dan James is a beast. What are you about? <laughs> Not a beast version. So He's they're, like they're going to be involved as well. It's going to be, it's going to be, it looks like it's going to be a good game. The Chiefs won the last game 
by three points, I think he said. Um, but he said it's going to be like, a, he's not sure how it's going to plan, pan out. I think he said um, Kansas are 11 to 8 and the Buccaneers. Buccaneers are 13 to, to I can't even remember. I, he said it's going to be a tight game. Yeah, he said Tampa's defence is the better of the two. He's at 300 tackles from the linebackers already this season. Oh, yeah. says can... I, I pretend I know what that means. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm just throwing these stats in there like I know what they mean. But the <laughs> Kansas, he said, he said, he said they're favourites to go in. So I just wanted to mention that. And um, if anyone wants to give it a listen, it's it's Sunday, 11.30. I think it, it starts and it should be a good and interesting game. Yeah, it'll be a great event. And the half-time, the half-time spectacle is always good as well. So, um, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that. And then just one last thing before we cut off, because I know we spoke loads about the Premier League and then just briefly about the NFL then. Um, sure. Joe Root, again, for England. Unbelievable. Um, I can't get over his form to start this year, to be honest. Obviously, in Sri Lanka, he scored a double 100 and then scored 186 in the two tests. And then this test against India, one of the best sides in the world, coming off the back of an unreal win against Australia. Yeah, yeah, we comes in and one, bangs in another 100 in his 100th test for England. Um, I just think he's world-class and he didn't get he didn't get a century for all of 2020 and he's certainly making up for it now and put England in a great spot. And shout out Dom Sibley as well because he keeps banging in the 50s and sort of mid-70s, 80s scores as an opener. So, yeah, I just wanted to mention that really because I love Joe Root and uh, I, do, I, do, I do like my cricket as I know you do. No, good stuff. And I know, um, obviously, in this series now, England are 2 8 3 for 3 off the first day. Um, should be an interesting watch. But yeah, I think we've, we've covered everything we wanted to cover today. We have. I've got passionate. I've got salty. I've tried to be informative at points. Um, but um, I hope everyone's enjoyed listening, if you are listening. Um, sorry, like we said about the, the delay between the the first one and this one because there was just too many problems with the second one we recorded to be honest so we tried to get this one out as quick as possible um and other than that i don't really have much to say other than thanks for listening and have a good weekend so if you want to sign off with anything no that's that's it from us guys thank you for listening and uh, we'll see you next week hopefully you will definitely we're sticking to the schedule more cheers guys cheers